All right, everybody, welcome to the 96-Person Bringer podcast. I am your host, Brian Stoops. From the age of seven till I was about 24, I was a magician in Southern California. Then for about the last 21 years, I've been focused on courting my wife, marrying my wife, raising our two kids, intensely studying the martial arts, and being a professional educator. In 2020, I started stand-up comedy I've had some interesting results along the way. That brings us to the 96-Person Bringer podcast, where I have hour-long, insightful conversations with my comedian friends. Our guest today, I know she's going to be awesome. Um, I actually met her because she was the ride for another comedian (laughs) on one of my shows, and then I looked her up on social media watched like 10 minutes of her material and was like, oh my God, she's awesome. Um, She destroyed on that show. I had her on another show shortly after that. She was incredible on that show. Um, Really funny comedian. And then just an engaging, interesting person to talk to about comedy. And I, I just knew she would be a really, really good guest for this show. So right when we started, I knew I wanted to have her on. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Elena Banfield. Hi, Elena. Hi, thank you so much. That was so nice, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, so thanks for making the time to be on. And uh, I know we're going to have a great time. So everything is structured, but just structured to try to keep us to about an hour. Like I was saying before we started recording, If you're really ripping and rolling on a topic, we can absolutely continue. Uh, But the first 15 minutes, we're going to leave that open to, I want you to kind of tell us your comedy story, how you got started, um, you know, everything. Like, let us know who you are as a comedian and what your journey has looked like. You can also talk about, as an intro, anything that you want to promote or let people know about. And then at the very end of the episode, we'll absolutely circle back to letting people know how they can follow you as well. We'll also make sure all your information, um, handles, URLs, all that kind of stuff is in the text for the episode as well. But 15 minutes, kind of tell us your your story, Elena. Okay, so, okay, so I guess the first thing that I... I feel weird as a comedian, right? Because I feel like a lot of stand-ups are like, oh, yeah, I grew up watching this. I grew up watching this person, that person, like this comedy special, this album, whatever. Um, I didn't grow up in a household like that. I think the closest thing I had to, like, a comedy influence is maybe, like, staying up too late and watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? Okay. Um, Which is also kind of interesting because I am not good off the cuff. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm a good riffer or a good, like, crowd work comedian. Um, okay. feel very joke-oriented, uh, but that, you know, had some sort of influence on me, for sure. Uh, but I really, was, I was dating a guy, uh, my high school sweetheart. We were together for a while, probably like four and a half years. I feel like a lot of comedians start comedy after a breakup. Um, so that was, like, the biggest breakup I've had. It was, I was young, I was 22. And uh, he had listened to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot when we were together. And I was working at an insurance company. And so I started listening to some of those episodes. And I think it was maybe like a, a Whitney Cummings or a Nikki Glaser episode uh, where just a female talking about doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, I think I can do that. Uh, and so that I kind of planted the seed. And while we were still together, I was uh, trying to write jokes and go to open mics. and then. Long story short, it just wasn't working out with the relationship for me to be going out to bars at night and hanging with men and, you know, all the whole thing. So uh, it was it was doomed to fail from the beginning, but stand up comedy kind of like pushed me into the breakup and everything. And then I uh, I took a few months after the breakup and then I started hitting it really hard. And this was uh, November of 2019 when I started doing stand up. So I'm kind of a covid comic. It's kind of a, a COVID baby. I know you said you started in 2020, yeah. um, which is a really weird time. Did you do a lot of Zoom stuff? That That's entirely how I started. Like, oh, okay. Was, okay. it was something I wanted to do for a long time. We were all trying to not go crazy 
And so, I mean, in a weird way, it was like the most productive it could have been for that time, not having done it prior to the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't, I had uh, maybe, you know, what is that? Four or five months on, mm-hmm. eight months off in Michigan, especially I'm from Michigan. So um, we had a lot of weird, like uh, our governor would like open us up for a month or two and then shut us down for another five. Like it was, it was kind of crazy all over the place. So we, we kept having uh, opportunities to do stand up and then having them taken away again. Like I remember sitting at my open mic that I was running at Ellison Brewery on Tuesdays. It doesn't, it's not even a thing anymore, but, uh, but I remember sitting there after the open mic and everyone in, in the bar, they were all sitting there watching the TV as they were announcing that we were shutting down like the next day, you know, so we were like, wow, that sucks. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that was all 2019 and, uh, so coming up on four years in the next month here, yeah, which is, crazy <laughs> crazy to think about um but yeah it really was it was honestly I, I guess just meant to be all it took was like one podcast episode to me to be like I'm gonna do stand-up comedy um and then I I made the mistake of uh of dating a comedian okay. right off the bat uh I started dating someone in the local Michigan scene uh and uh, it was honestly I think I think I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I know myself, and I was so new to comedy when the shutdown happened that it was kind of like a... Uh, it would have been easy for me to just drop it and walk away, if that makes any sense. You know, like I still had like the office job, and I was, you know, sure. still like for the most part a regular person when comedy got taken away from me. And uh, then I started dating the comedian, and so all through the pandemic, he lived in the house full of comics. So all through the pandemic, I was just kind of around people that were like, oh, can't wait for this to get back. Can't wait to go on the road. So like during that time, I kind of like had some time to like sit down and listen to people that have done it for a few years and, you know, get a little bit of information on mostly like the local open mic scene and, you know, uh, the not so local Michigan's kind of split up into three parts. You can do uh, Grand Rapids, and then Detroit are the two biggest, uh, like with the most comics, the most open mics, most opportunities to get up. And then where I'm from, Lansing is a little bit smaller. Uh, uh, like there's probably, there's more comics now, but like when I started, I was like, gosh, there's like eight of us, you know, like pretty small scene. Yeah. Uh, and like two or three, maybe four opportunities to get up a night. And then the pandemic took away so many rooms from Mich- or from Michigan specifically, but Lansing also. And, uh, excuse me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and to keep myself from going crazy during the, the shutdown, I started my own podcast. It was a solo podcast called Leave Me Alone. I'm back here. Nice. Um, I'm getting back to it. I've recorded two solo episodes. I'm trying to get to four before I start putting them out because, I'm sure you know with starting this, like it's so stressful. Like yes. not having something backlogged. Like you 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 wanna have stuff to put out and you don't wanna have to do it the week of. Um so I'm trying to get that going again. Uh and I haven't recorded in probably a year. But gotcha. uh, but that's my only thing to promote really. I don't have any shows that I run. Um, I'm hoping to get something going, but I don't want to say anything about it because I'm afraid of the universe. I understand that completely. Now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, remind me. I mean, you're you're still in New York. Yes, I'm still in New York. Yep, yes. I'm in uh, Brooklyn. When did so? When did you come out here? And like, what did that look like when you started doing comedy in New York? Oh man, um, I moved out here in February, and uh, it's a lot different. So, Michigan open mics are at a bar with people that are midwest to the core and uh they're not going to get up and leave you know like they might but they're going to wait a couple like they'll set out a couple comics you know what i mean like eat their food slowly pay their bill whatever get out of there but a lot of them will sit and stay and they'll watch you know they'll order another beer um so i was really spoiled because it would also be like a seven minute set for an open mic like the first time I did stand up they were like you have seven minutes and I was like I'll do two you know like um like I don't have 
seven minutes, you crazy person. But um, so it was a big change coming out here and performing for uh, audiences full of comedians and doing three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big change. And then also when you move, you know, uh, I have some connections and they were, you know, nice enough to put me up. I thank God I ran into run into people like you, you know, that that had stuff and want to put new people up, you know, and like take chances on that and everything. And uh, so that was like really difficult. I'd say the first six months were the hardest. And now I feel like um, through going consistently to like the same open mics every week or every other week. Um, there's benefits to going to different open mics all the time you meet people new people every time you go out mm-hmm. but if you if you go and you do the same ones like that's how you make friends and that's you know how it makes like a monday exciting like i'm like oh i love monday at pine box i know yes. i'm gonna see x y and z and uh yeah so it, it was it was mostly slowing down and not thinking about the comedy and just focusing on like how to have like a life because i've never moved away before wow. i mean I've lived outside of my parents' house in 26, but like, mm-hmm. but I've never left Michigan. So uh, it was important to build a life before I started freaking out about what shows I'm booked on, I guess. Nice. But And, and also, I have two dogs, so that helps ground me a lot. Like gotcha. When I first moved here, they were having trouble like with their routine because they're, they're dogs that have lived with a yard most of their life even when i lived in lansing i had like a backyard i could just open the door and they were able to you know come in and out as they please and uh like the first two weeks of being here was me just trying to figure out what time they wanted to go to the bathroom and you know they used to be grazers like with their food i used to keep their bowl full but now it's like i have to control when you poop so i have to know when you eat and that's the weirdest thing to me like, if you don't eat right now, you're not going to shit in the morning. Right. No, gotcha. That's, that's got to be a huge... They're Michigan dogs. That's got to be yeah, a, yeah. a huge... Yeah, yeah. Chicken coops and rabbits to rats and pigeons. <laughs> gotcha. Well, we'll make sure we get, you know, your your podcast information and all your social stuff posted and um, all those things as we move along. So something I... I try not to do is like every answer. Well, now let me give my two cents on the blah, blah. blah. So I, we're going to kind of move into the next question. Okay, I mean, certainly, okay. <laughs> certainly like if there's something organic going on, like we'll talk about that. Um, but like, I try not to, you know, well, the guests shared what they think. So now let me, let me do, I, here's my thought. Like, so we're going to move <laughs> forward, but um, you know, I just, I love, this format because I hear so many different interesting ideas. So I, I like, I love the idea of I'm moving to a new place. Let me set up my life. Um, and let me not like stress out about what I'm booked on. I, that, that sounds incredibly healthy and self-aware in a way that like performers sometimes to their detriment, I don't think they, they think that way. Um, Thank there, you. I've I've been yeah. trying to tell the few newer people than me that I've met that I'm like, do that. Don't worry about stand up yet. You know, it's just yeah, do your life. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and like I'm I'm in a place like so I have two kids, but they're older, and it's like everybody's kind of doing their thing right now. Like my daughter just started high school. My son's got a good groove going. My wife's got a job that she really likes. So it's like everybody can kind of go do their thing. And then like, we come back together really well as a family. It's like, before we found that balance, like nightmare. So I I think in any context, like, man, that's just really good thinking on your part. Um, Cause it's like, you know, dude, comedy will be there and it'll be the same people in the same places. Like for the most part, um, a couple people might have dropped off, but the people that are going to do it will be there. So I, I seriously think that's like really savvy on your part. There's Thank gonna, you. Be, yeah, seriously. Um, there's going to be some overlap. Like you already started talking about some of these things. And so there's no pressure. Comedians are used to like, oh, they booked me for five minutes. If I get up there and do two minutes, like it's a, it's a, 
it's a disaster. This doesn't work like that. Like we're just, we're having a conversation. So you kind of spoke about like whose line as one of your influences. So I'm wondering now that you're in stand up and you're doing it like, or have you become aware of it, of people who are your influences nowadays? Like, what does that look like? And what do those people kind of mean to you? Yeah. Um, okay. So other than whose line, sorry. Um, other than whose line, I think uh, Rosebud Baker, they're not like, like, like Rosebud Baker, her YouTube special with Keepus was so good. I loved it so much. Like, she's one of those people that I'm like, oh, if I could work with anyone, I would, I just would love to open for her someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, another one, I don't know if you know who Kelly Bachman is. I don't. Um, she is such a kick-ass comedian. I just uh, hosted a show for a friend that she was on, and she's, she's so funny. Nice. She was on the HBO, or the, I think it's FX. It's on Hulu. It's called Hysterical. Have you seen it? I don't think so. <clears throat> It's a uh, it's a documentary about women in comedy. Oh, okay. and uh, there's this scene in in the documentary where she's like a new comic, right? Mm-hmm. And someone takes a video of her on on stage at, at an open mic or a bar show, something like that. And uh, Harvey Weinstein is in the audience, uh-huh. and she like calls him out, and people tell her to shut up, and it's like this whole like it's like a very empowering scene, you know, and. Uh, she goes on to like talk about like you know her own like uh sexual assault stuff like that and uh so like it was just like inspiring to me and as like i guess some more background on me i'm a victim of the like in the, the larry nassar case um so hearing her talk about that for me i was like okay i'm i can write some stuff about this you know like i have some stuff to talk about i guess and so like that was really inspiring to me um outside of that just like comedic stylings i like like anthony jeselnik i really like dark humor mm-hmm. i guess that's probably why i like the whiskey fist special too <laughs> you know um a lot of dark stuff but um you know i I also love you know like shane wang like like you're like that people as well yeah. so i just love stand-up comedy and i think it's like special for me because i haven't been into it my whole life so i feel like a kid with it you know, like I like I'm only four years in to stand up, so I'm like I'm only four years into like really loving it, which is cool for me. You know, I say as a four year old. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, that that like where it's kind of new, but you're really into it, and yeah, no, that's a great. Um, because you and I are are at a very I somewhat similar point. I'm a little bit behind you, but like to have that yeah that newness and that passion um is is pretty great absolutely okay so we are gonna roll along so stand up can be really really hard the attrition rates are nuts sometimes you know a lot of people think they can do it and then they get up there and the reality is different sometimes um and i mean any kind of performing arts endeavor is just really rough so you know why and again there's some overlap here you've already started talking about some of this but like why do you do it what what do you love about it um i don't know why i don't know why i do it because like i hear so many people like they do stand up the first time and it like goes good and that's why they keep doing it and i'm like it didn't even go that well for me like i was just like oh no i think i can do this you know like i think this is funny and uh i think like probably like my third open like I did it was it was good you know and I was like oh okay you know um but for me why I keep doing it uh especially with the darker material because I don't have all it's not all about Larry Nassar or like you know yeah I have other I got other stuff I get kind of insecure about the Larry Nassar stuff sometimes especially when the jokes are doing well um it just it just makes me it, it, I don't know. It makes me feel like I have like another family or something. I'm like, they're good too. <laughs> like, oh. uh, but, uh, but especially with the dark humor, like the payoff is so huge when it goes well. Mm-hmm. Like nothing feels better than a room full of people laughing at what I just said about like something that's bad that happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. that's like true. So like, but then on the flip side of that, nothing feels worse than making a room full of people feel bad for me 
for the worst thing that's happened to me. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. kind of like a, um, maybe I'm addicted to the fucking adrenaline rush of what's going to happen. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I do like that. And uh, it, it's honestly just the, the crowd control is probably what makes me keep getting up there. Like when, when you can get them and they're on a ride with you, it, it feels really good. Maybe I'm a narcissist. I don't know. <laughs> Probably we all are, aren't we? But a little, bit. Uh, a little bit. I mean, everyone is a little bit. Yeah. But um, but yeah. No, it's it's been it's been a a hard four years. Uh, I didn't know what hard was until I got here, though. Uh huh. New York will put some hair on your chest. For sure. Agreed. Um. <laughs> so, how do you find? You know, I I'm of the belief that like to really get good at this. We all have a certain number of horrible, bad sets in our life that are like inevitable. How do you how do you deal with things when they don't go so great? Um, oh man, uh, I don't deal with it well. I I beat myself up a lot. Sometimes I right now, like out here, I'll just call someone back home, someone that I know knows I'm funny, and that'll make me feel better, you know, because. Yeah. Uh, there's also something that someone told me one time. I did bomb in back home in Michigan, extra at Max Bar. I'm not sure right now. Um, this is nice. one of one of the only spots to get up in Lansing. Um, but uh, but uh, I I just like felt like I didn't do well. I was especially when I was like first starting out. I was one of those comics that like I I like. Well, I'm not fun to be around after I bomb. You know what I mean? Like I sure. go back to the group and I just want to sit there and not talk. Sure. Someone came up and they were like, hey, knock it off. We know you're funny. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. And you're acting like an asshole about it. And I was like, Fuck. you know what I mean? So like ever since then, I was just like, okay. And, uh, and you know, and then sometimes even when you bomb, you get someone that comes up to you and they're like, I like your stuff or whatever. And then you poo-poo them. You're like, oh no, that I hated it, hated it out there or something. And I'm like, quit yucking people's yuck. Just let people like, you know, like what they like. And so now when it happens, I just try. It's now out here, it's not as big of a deal because I do kind of go to the same mic. So like when I bomb, I'm like, no, I know these people and I know that they know I'm funny and they find something out or whatever it is, you know. Um. So it's been it's been a little bit easier, and also I can just way easier get another set in out here than I could. Because in Michigan, you you know, uh, as a Lansing comic, you're working out your material mostly in Grand Rapids or Detroit, because uh, there's I don't know. We also book out monthly because there's not a lot of comedians, so we don't have show up go up. We don't have a lot of show up go up spots in Michigan. Gotcha. You sign up a month in advance. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, goodness, I lost that kind of thought of where I was going with uh, all of that. <laughs> well, it's a, it sounds like you have, there's a little bit more kind of regularity in the Michigan system versus out here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But then, uh, but then maybe you have your, it sounds like you kind of found your community out here though and and i mean if things go badly it's like well big deal you have that support system so yeah yeah that's cool absolutely um oops i think i skipped one question so what is you mentioned that you feel a little bit more confident about like being planned you're not so much of a crowd worky type person um and in the moment per you're much you'd rather be set and ready to go like what is your process these days for writing and sculpting material like what does it look like for you um i i do a lot of stuff that from like my own life i know a lot of comics do that but like i genuinely like if i'm i don't know like i just wrote a joke about uh chlamydia mm-hmm. i don't have chlamydia but someone was like you need to get tested for chlamydia you know and i was like i'm instantly like that's just my go-to is just to be like, oh, I'm pissed off that I might have chlamydia and I'm just going to go talk about that. So I guess that is kind of, so sorry. Um, I guess that is kind of a, uh, kind of a risk in a sense of not being able or 
not writing it down, just getting up there and doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm so sorry to go. No problem. Yeah, I didn't mean insane. Uh, so I'll do stuff like that, but then so a lot of times I'll say something funny, and like my roommate or my friend will be like, "You need to write that down." And then it's kind of just like a punchline that I'm working backwards from. Like a lot of my like favorite jokes are lines that I think are funny. Like one of the most recent ones is like that I was just like, "I want to be able to say if we're in the same weight class, I'll let you do some open hand stuff." And I'm like, how do I get there? You know, like, so it'll just, I get like these weird phrases in my head and sometimes that's all I'll write it. Um, but I also go through a lot. Like I have uh, Google Keep, if you know what that is. Mm-mm. It's like the notes app on steroids. You can like put labels on things and uh, like organize them. Like you can color code. It's a whole thing. It's, it's nice. a nerd's wet dream. Um, yeah. But it's a... Uh, so I'll, I'll like go back through and like rework old jokes and like I'm constantly doing that. And every time I have like if I do get a phrase in my head, I'll try and think of if I have like a premise that I've already written for it, if that makes any sense. And see, I'll just like plug I'll just plug things into each other and see if they work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's mostly it's mostly material about like my life and stuff. Like, I don't know, like I have some jokes about my dad and he's like, I don't like those. And I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, like so there's like kind of a lot of risk uh kind of a lot of risk in uh talking about yourself like it's vulnerable you know yeah to, to talk about your chlamydia test and like when it's real like some people might just think you're joking and not even like take it into consideration that you're like being real about it but i'm like oh no this happened to me you know uh this is real gotcha you you said that was google keep yeah google keep it looks like a light bulb Okay, I gotta look into that because I just use yeah. like a note. Uh, I I'm the same way, where it's like uh, sometimes it's just a phrase, and I have no idea what I want to do with it, but I gotta record it right away, um, because I know I'm gonna do something with it eventually. So now I gotta check that out. Google. Keep. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I've been recommending it to everybody. Uh, everybody. That one's great, but I also have like notebooks. Like I'm a notebook person for sure. Yeah. Like I do most of like the working out of the joke in a notebook, and then kind of the finished product goes into Keeps. And Keeps gotcha. is nice too because it's a Gmail, so you can just send it to anyone with a Gmail. Like mm-hmm. if you are having trouble with a joke, you can just send it to your friend, and then they can make an edit and yeah. like review it for you. So I I do a lot of I write with friends a lot too. Nice. Like sometimes like a lot of my like like the most favorite like tags are from my friends and when they say I'm like god fucking damn it <laughs> you know like, that's not mine I hate it right um no what I love is there's I mean there's no rules and there's no one way to do it do you have like a consistent amount of time that you write per day or per week or do you kind of find the time or is it just kind of organic as you're going um, I was really structured for a long time. Uh, when I lived in, when I lived in Michigan, it was way easier for me to be disciplined. Um, and I've lost it since I moved out here. I think I just feel more busy. There's more stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Most of the things I do, I have to do with my legs and <laughs> just like tired all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I used to try and do 30 minutes a day, every single day and just make it like the thing I did in the morning. Nice. And and that's just writing. That's not editing. That's just writing uh, ideas down and just trying things in different ways or different words. I'm really big on word economy. I try and cut the fat. I don't, you know, I'm not a storyteller. I want it. I want it to be as set up and punch as it can be, um, without losing anything that I really want to say. Because I, I also hoard words. As, as much as I like to trim the fat, I'm like, oh no, I, you know, I want to say this thing particularly. So. It's going to be long, but. Right. No, I absolutely, I, I get that. Um, it's such a, like a tightrope sometimes to walk between the way you originally wrote it and then getting it lean and mean. And yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so what's something right now that you feel like in your, in your overall like practice as a comedian What's something that you're working on right now? Is it a bit? Is it a skill? 
Is it marketing? Are you working on like a certain length of material? And certainly you can talk about, you know, as many things as you'd like to. Um, yeah, right now it, it is like the riffing and the crowd work and all of that. Cause it is a skill that you need to have, um, as much as it makes me uncomfortable and, and I don't even really enjoy it. Like when other people do it, I don't like hold anything against them, but I'm just like, Oh, cool. You know what I mean? Uh, you're doing the thing, but like, uh, but it is a skill. It's a good skill to have, especially for hosting. Um, yeah. not that I want to be a host for the rest of my life, but, uh, but it's a good skill for hosting. So I want to do that. I want to be a little bit more physical. I kind of just stand in one spot when I do stand up comedy. Um, which is, I don't know. I just think it's going well for me and I'm kind of just standing there telling jokes. So I'm like, if I do a little bit more, I think it, it, there's no reason it shouldn't be a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm working on that right now. I mean, as far as time goes, hard to say i'm just excited if i get like a 10 spot or 15 or whatever i was i was doing 30 when i was back home so i i'm interested in looking at something or or looking at like going on the road or like just leaving new york in general so i can get more stage time yeah because i haven't done 30 minutes in almost a year so you know that's like a hard thing too where it's like oh i have all of this new material and i had 30 before i moved probably written 15 or 20 since i've been out here mm-hmm. so there's no reason i shouldn't be able to do 45 minutes but i've never done 45 minutes and i don't have opportunity to do 45 minutes right now so right now i'm working on you know uh trying to get in i i work at new york comedy club in stanford so and i so i made some connecticut comedian friends out there so i'm, I'm like oh, i'll start up in connecticut see if i can uh, do some bigger sets yeah. outside of the city. So that's kind of a goal right now is to just find those 20 or 30 minute spots to get used to doing it again. Cause I'm also, I'm a new comic. I mean, Warriors isn't shit compared to what most people were into what's to come also, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, I just want to get comfortable and get really good at those. I would really like to. I would really like to go on the road and feature for somebody, anybody. I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I just wanna. Uh, that's that's the goal of mine right now, and getting the podcast going. Uh, yeah. As far as stand-up comedy goes, just being better off the cuff, and and not even better, just more comfortable. I'm just uncomfortable talking to people. I I don't like. It. Gotcha. Every time I do it, I talk to the audience, and then like. I'll, sometimes I'll get a laugh because I'm like, I regret this. I should not have engaged. You know, like, I don't want to talk. Yeah. But it's good when when you have, the, like, those hecklers, you know? Like, if someone heckles me, I'm just going to pretend they didn't talk to me and just say the next word louder and continue, you know? Yeah. My joke. So that's a, that's an area of improvement for sure. Do you... The um, fourth ball. So. Yeah. Do you yeah. find you get heckled a lot? Um, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get heckled when I, the last show I hosted, I got heckled and that was kind of annoying. But when you, if they're not a malicious heckler, mm-hmm. you can, in general, when you talk over them, they won't do it again, you know, especially yeah. like at the beginning of a show, you know, I was hosting. So it's like, yeah. Make your mistakes with me, I suppose, you know, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but usually if they're not a malicious heckler, if they're not someone there that's there to like try and be a part of the show or like throw you off, they're gonna realize when you like really just like mow over whatever the fuck they just said and keep talking, like they're gonna stop. So yeah, it's worked for me so far. <laughs> but when I get a heckler, I'm just like, oh, give it up for this guy. You, you know, go. that's all I can yeah. do is just right. be like, oh, give it up for this guy, and then I'll be like, was it worth it? You know, I don't know. But I don't crush them. I'm not yeah. comedian destroy tackler. Like no. Yeah. yeah. Um. I and I sort of. I I kind of feel the same sensibilities. Um. Yeah. For sure. All it's right. Hard. Yeah. 
it's hard but setting those little goals makes it easier you know what i mean i'm like i can't tackle them all at once so right now i'm like oh I'll just try and rest more you know definitely um and i i was just watching another podcast where they were saying it almost seems like crowd work to the general public has become like a barometer for how good of of a comedian you are and it's like well that's one skill and i think we all admire that skill but i i mean it it's just interesting that way like so many of my friends send me videos all the time and i mean usually i appreciate it in my head i'm always like you know you i post a short a day my friend you could you could send my shorts to other people. But anyway, I'm getting off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually a, um, it's usually a crowd work video. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're good at that. That's a different skill than writing. Yeah, it's definitely a different, different muscle. And, uh, but that's the other thing about it is that like, uh, and this is just my opinion, uh, but I think the reason crowd work videos are even a thing are because people don't want to burn their material. So it's like, that guy doesn't just do that, you know? Yeah. That guy, he doesn't just do, you know, and like, like, I don't know, like even like Lucas Zelnick, like I'm sure he has jokes that he does that are not just talking to the crowd, but he's very good at talking to the crowd and it works for him, you know? Sure. Uh, but yeah. no, people do expect that as a barometer of comedy in a certain way. And uh, I remember back home at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase and at their open mic and a guy was coming to do it for his first time and he was like oh can my friends sit in the front row I like gave them things to yell out at me you know <laughs> like that's not stand- you know what I mean like that's not what we're doing <laughs> wow but you know these young this is younger like that's I don't know you know if, if you have no influence of stand-up comedy I might have thought hell if I had an iPhone at 16 thought you know that that's what stand-up comedy was and had no my parents didn't show me anything like i would have thought that that's what it was too right. so people don't want to burn material and that's why they're that's that's why the phase happened i think yeah i think that's a that's a great point as far as as not burning through all your your core stuff yeah, yeah. would you describe any positive milestone or multiple in your comedy experience Oh, I have felt so blessed through all of my comedy experience. Like for, for real, I am like I'm like a I'm a secret Christian. Like I I'm not like a Bible thumper. I don't read the, that. I don't read it. But I know that there's something looking out for me, and uh, I'm thankful for the high the highs and the lows. But I guess the first comedy high is uh, probably I went to Savage Henry. It was my first comedy festival. That's up in Northern California, and I was doing this shitty dispensary show. It was like a three three p.m. show at a dispensary mm-hmm. in uh, Eureka, California, which is if you don't know, it's like uh, it's just such a small, eclectic town. It, the vibe is pajamas with a leather jacket. Like it's got such a weird. Like the people are just strange, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, no one's in there except for one guy from the street, right? And so I'm doing my jokes and trying my best. And uh, I hear, like, laughs from the back of the dispensary. And uh, it was Sam Talent. And he was at the festival. He's going to headline the festival. This was obviously before he popped off. And uh, um, he was like, hi, I'm Sam. What's your name? You're really funny. And that was, like, the, like I was like, you know, like, that's crazy. And uh, and he's been super cool to me. He's let me do like some guest spots when he comes to Detroit. And, nice. Uh, he's been super cool to the Michigan comics, and uh, really thankful for him. Um, and we didn't stay like in touch or anything. It was just a cool moment, you know. Uh, and then probably I hosted for David Patel at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. That was really really fun. He was such a nice guy, and he brought me up for the and like. This was the, one of the moments that made me feel like I need to be better at ripping and roasting and like all of this. He like the end of the second show of the night. He was like, "Oh, let's get Elena back out here to bump mics." And I was like, "What an amazing experience I'm about to choke at!" <laughs> like you know, like holy nice. shit. But he was 
he was nice. He set me up and I knocked a couple down, you know, like it, yeah. I think he, he realized I wasn't, um, uh, yeah, he realized that he, you know, he pointed out some people for me to roast, you know what I mean? He's like, what about him? Would you date him? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, it's just stuff like that. But, um, that was super cool. And then I guess the, my final milestone, uh, like the most recent one, I was at Savage Henry again. Savage Henry just keeps giving me cool moments, and it's such a it's such a weird little festival, but it's so kick ass. I like it's punk rock. I love it. It's uh, just uh, such a fun group of like from everywhere, you know, New York, Denver, Portland, like just all these like weird places that I like. I would I I don't know how I would meet you. Like I've never been to Denver, you know. But um, anyway. Uh, but it was the last show of the, uh, it was the last show of the festival and I did seven minutes, 10 minutes. I can't remember what it was. Um, but I did really, really well. And I did Larry Nassar stuff and I did some new Larry Nassar stuff and it, it just crushed. Like, I I don't know. Um, people were saying best out of the night, but whatever. And (laughs) it was, uh, uh, Emma Arnold was the headliner for that night i don't know if you know who that is um but she uh she like took some of her time on stage to uh i, I guess sing me high praise for talking about you know stuff like that and uh that was like surreal i guess you know to have you know like at the end of her set she was like i love savage henry i love eureka i love coming here and seeing new comics every year and you know seeing comics that can talk about hard stuff and then she like you know like pointed at me and was like, I'm talking about you stand up like you know like whatever and it was it was like a really nice moment so that was that was good like I've like I've, I feel blessed you know I'm like everything's good I don't care where I'm getting up it's gonna be fine you know like it's it's okay <laughs> I say that now and tonight I'll be like oh my god I'm not getting up anywhere <laughs> and that's how it goes but those yeah, are yeah. those are amazing moments. That's awesome. And I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm missing. You know, I mean, there's so many other good ones like watching watching good buddies crash at good shows. You know what I mean? Like all of that is like equally as cool. But as far as like things that have happened to me, uh, you know, those are some of my highlights. Those are great. All right, we are gonna move into kind of the opposite of that. Would you describe a time? that you learned an important comedy lesson by having a negative experience? Um, yeah. Uh, even like, it wasn't negative necessarily. I mean, I mean, cause you learned an important lesson, right? So how yeah. negative could it be? But like, uh, but just like, uh, back to the Larry Nassar stuff, just, uh, been hosting a lot more mm-hmm. and, uh, I've learned that that's not hosting material. And so that's been, you know, an interesting thing that's kind of been set in stone over the last like month for me, you know, where I'm like, oh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it definitely doesn't. So for the ratio to working and not working, you should just do other jokes if you're going to be the first one up, you know, mm-hmm. um, don't create a, I got molested hole for the lineup, but like, yeah. um, so that that uh, I bombed pretty hard at at Max again. I'm on my sweatshirt here. It's uh, that's that's one of the spots in Lansing I would get up the most. You know where I really learned like I don't know. I guess the building blocks on how to be a comic. So I've had a lot of times when I've gone up at Max and I just don't remember being up there. I my my shit's like that where I'm like I don't. I've created a new personality to deal with this loss. <laughs> like I. Don't even, that wasn't even me that that happened to. Uh, but I've had, I had, uh, one time I did a Larry Nassar joke and there was, it went well. The show was fine. Everything was going good. And, uh, afterwards there was this girl standing by the green room and she was crying and I was like, that's for me. <laughs> that one's for me. I know it, you know? And, uh, she was like, hi, I don't, like, you're really funny. I, like, you know, I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to apologize. And whenever someone says that, you're like, well, what do you want me to do then? I'll like, whatever you're about to say, I'm going to have to say I'm sorry, you know? Right. And uh, with talking about the Larry Nassar stuff, I do have a lot of people that want to, like, share their trauma with me. And I'm like, oh, man, this is like that. I don't know. I need to work that out. But I'm like, it's kind of 
I don't know if that's the expense I pay for talking about what I talk about or if that's none of like not really like something I need to worry about, I guess, you know? Um because it's also different. I don't know. My my shit everyone's shit's different. So like uh that was a hard one to just have to choose like it was just like hit a little bit too close to home and yeah, you know, yada yada yada, some sort of incest thing. And I'm like, that's not even the same thing. But I get it that it's triggering, you know what I mean? But like Right just like those ones are hard those ones are like those are the ones that, that when that starts happening I'm like I'm taking a break from this material you know not even because I don't believe in it just because I'm like you know it's uh hard maybe it needs more work whatever it is um or maybe this person is just too sensitive right now for what happened you know to yeah. laugh at something of this nature but those are the ones that those bombs are the hardest bombs for sure that uh but it but it it also teaches me that I'm like you never know what's going on with anyone in the audience um you know uh, you know anything you say could be like could hit really close to home especially when you talk when I talk about the dark stuff and things of that nature but uh but those are the hardest ones to deal with because I feel like I've hurt somebody or like which is obviously not the intent like you know we're joking it's not the intention at all is to make anyone feel uncomfortable but at the same time like it is my stuff to talk about you know so it's it's hard to not like also burden myself with other people's stuff you know what I mean I'm like hey your sexual assault is yours I don't know you know what I mean like hearing about it is kind of hard for me to be honest so I'm like maybe I should stop talking about it on stage if I don't want to hear about other people's shit I don't know going through a moment with with that right now even though it's going well I don't know um I I'm sorry to ask you this in real time and we can certainly edit this out you know I don't know if you want to post in the text for this episode some resources um or not I don't I don't know you know? Oh, I mean, if we find some, <laughs> yeah, we find some, send them my way. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, okay. No, I, don't, I mean, there's an no. army of, of survivors. I think that sure. one's mostly for athletes that are experiencing, you know, yeah. um, sexual like, assault, but, I, but I yeah, no, I mean, no. Sorry. call the suicide hotline and just like, I don't yeah. do it. I don't, it, it's all going to be okay. I don't know. You know, like it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm going through a moment with it because I feel like I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, if that makes any sense. Not because I'm like struggling with the incident itself, I guess, you know, but for sure. But it is, it does feel burdenous at times and at other times it makes me feel very light and free. So it's a, it's a push and a pull. And uh, it's not, I'm not talking about rainbows up there. So, you know, it's going to ruffle feathers and that's okay. Yeah. I think good comedy does. Yeah. Um, and I was offering that again, I don't want to do that thing where I'm like, well, now let me say something because this no, is do it, please. opportunity for me not yeah. to like stick my snout in. But uh, like I had another guest who was just talking about general mental health struggles and, you know, it, it just looked like a good opportunity to, to put some like suicide prevention resources and things like that. I'm not trying to turn that. I mean, this is a podcast about comedians, but if no. it's a baby podcast, but if stuff like that pops up um, again, because I'm an educator, it just feels irresponsible to me to not uh, try to address yeah. it in some way. But also I'm saying explicitly, I'm not trying to like, well, Elena just shared this incredibly insightful answer I have to have a responsibility to say something like, no, normally I would move on, but if I just move on, it feels like a lost opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I'm totally comfortable with resources being shared. Obviously it's a, you know, it's just, uh, I I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where to direct you, but but put them on there. (laughs) Yeah. So no, well, I'll track down a few. I'm a terrible sexual abuse survivor. I'm like, I don't know where the resources are. (laughs) I just am going to talk about it on stage until therapy starts working. I don't know. You know? (laughs) Gotcha. Well, we'll track, we'll track down some to, um, to provide people with for sure before this goes out tomorrow. Um, 
So aside from maybe fame and monetary success, uh, and, and I'm always, I, I'm not trying to, the, maybe I need to rephrase this question because it's not so much about like death. When you think about what what a dream comedy legacy would look like for you, like what you want people to take away from what you put out into the world as far as your comedy, like what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, I don't really know what I want people to take away from it. Because for me, I'm like, it's not, I mean, even, God, it sounds so crazy. I'm like, it's not that deep. And I'm like, I'm talking about crazy deep stuff in my car. Like sometimes in my comedy, you know what I mean? I'm like, I just want you to laugh. I just like want people, especially with the dark stuff. I think anyone that does dark humor just wants people to know that like, there is funny in all of it. And like, yes, it takes time and, you know, all of that to get over it and to find the funny in it but like there's humor in everything which is kind of a generic point but answer but I mean in genuinely that that's what I would like people to take away from it uh for me it's kind of like a thing where I'm like oh I I want to take this thing that is in no way relatable to you and force you to see it the way that I see it you know uh, makes me feel understood uh I guess in a way um and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to be able to do comedy at a capacity where I can, you know, uh, be able to do, be in the spot where I get to do the hour, you know, um, and wherever I'm doing it from. But I, I'd like people to know me enough that I could, uh, you know, eat off of comedy and yeah. maybe move back to Michigan someday. Like, you know, I really would like to, to be, to, to make that my home base again someday. I don't know when. Uh, but that's that's a goal of mine is you know move back to mid Michigan, which sounds lame, but like I want kids and a family, and I want that stuff some days, and I and I don't want to do that here necessarily. Mm-hmm. At least right now, that's my that's my thought on it. You know, I see kids out here, and I have dogs. It's not the same thing, but I'm like, oh, even taking care of the dogs in the city, I don't even like that. So you know? can't imagine a child and school and all of that. So. I would love to go back to Michigan and uh, be able to successfully do comedy from there. All right. That's my comedy legacy. I want to go back to Michigan. <laughs> what? It's. I'd I... love to make it big, but I, I'd yeah. like to be able to just, just big enough to go back to Michigan. There you go. You get a, make yeah. it big. Fly and out go, from there. Yeah. yeah, and go get a big place in Michigan because of mm-hmm. what, all the hard work and your success in New York. You were like, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, okay. So maximum ish again, if we're really cooking, we'll, we'll move beyond that, but just kind of 10 minutes, anything else that you'd like to say or anything else that we didn't cover? Um, I know you mentioned you didn't feel like you had anything specific to promote, but just kind of 10 minutes to bring the episode to a close and anything else you feel like people should know. Once again, maybe just you give us social information so that people can follow you so that we have that on the audio and we'll certainly have that in text as well, but like 10 minutes to start wrapping up the episode. Yeah. Um, Well, I will be going back uh, when I share this, I'll probably have some people from Michigan watching. I'm going to be back Thanksgiving weekend for uh mark ridley's comedy castle i'm gonna host for zach martina and that should be really fun so it's gonna be a show on wednesday we're skipping thursday obviously and then friday saturday it's gonna be two shows friday two shows saturday zach is a really great comic you guys you guys should look up at zach martina um zach with a ch not a k um but uh i'm really excited for that that'll be my last trip home for the year i don't think i'm gonna go home for christmas because mm-hmm. I, the comedy festivals and the trips home I've already taken have sucked me dry. So I'm going to go home for this paid weekend and uh, that'll be it for the year. And uh, I, my podcast should be coming out in the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping. Uh, it is, it's a solo podcast and then occasionally I have guests. I'm thinking I might do like on and off weeks of that. So it would be like a solo podcast, which would be a shorter episode. 
I'm not talking to myself for an hour. That's insane. So it'll be like a 20, 30 minute episode. And then the next week I'm thinking I'm going to do like an hour long episode with a friend. Yeah. Uh, kind of set up this like room in here, contact paper, all the stuff um, so that I can get that going. And I don't have a podcast for that. That's just on my Instagram at Elena Banfield Comedy on, and on YouTube at Elena Banfield Comedy. Uh, YouTube, there's like a separate like playlist for it. And I've got, I think like six episodes on YouTube that are like video and those are in my childhood bedroom sitting in my bed. Uh, but all of my favorite episodes are the ones that I did when it was still like audio only. I missed when podcasts were audio only. I'm like, golly, I got to put my face in it. Like, but it helps to put it on multiple platforms, like to have it on multiple platforms, if that makes any sense. Like you sure. take the audio version of this and put it on Spotify. Yeah, we'll okay, be yeah, we'll yeah. have like the audio and all Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh yes, for sure. Yeah. And I so I think I I think I have like fifty episodes if you are just listening on Spotify. Um nice. so uh those, a lot of those are solo episodes. And I do I do I love listening. I love podcasting today, especially with the solo episodes because they're short and when I go back and listen to them, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I remember record, you know, like, I remember recording this tonight. Don't completely hate it. But, uh, yeah, so podcast is coming back. Look out for that. I'll post about it on my Instagram for sure. And, uh, yeah, right now it's hard to promote because I'm just kind of, like, I'm getting things day of, week of, you know. Like, uh, like I'm, like, I'm doing Tiny Cover tonight. But it just comes out tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't have anything the rest of the week. Uh, but, uh but yeah, just the podcast. Nice. Just the podcast. I might post some talk and head videos on Instagram. I have a reel that I'm going to post. I'm hoping that does good. I don't know what the algorithm is. I have, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I feel like the people that post this the most random times are doing the best. I agree. Um, and I'm like, I'm like tracking the, the algorithm. What's going on? <laughs> Why can't I do this? I, you are not alone in that feeling. Um, I, YouTube has been very good to me with shorts since June and TikTok is, I know a lot of people have strong feeling. Like I, I take the same short. I've been doing a short a day since June and those two platforms have been very good to me and I'll post the same thing on Instagram. I know the algorithm there is not the biggest fan of recycled content. Um, but those first two, uh, uh, apps at least have been very, very good to me. Um, but Instagram, yeah, I spend a lot of time watching other people. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram going, good for them. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That got that many. Have views. you tried posting the Instagram, posting it to Instagram first? So it's not recycled content. Maybe I should start doing that. Maybe that's the yeah. trick. Let me, let me start doing, I, I'm always, um, I'm always trying to hit noon or a couple like noon consistently for YouTube. So maybe I got to do it like five minutes earlier for Instagram. That's a really good idea. Um, yeah, it's hard it, and it changes constantly. It's always does. changing. So it absolutely does. Um, awesome. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, thank Elena. Thank you so much. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, no, this was really, really great. And for everybody who's watching or listening, once again, we'll have all that information where you can follow Elena. Make sure you're following her on Instagram, and then you can hear about when the podcast comes out um, and and just keep up with everything that she's doing. Like I said, super funny, made a big impression on me um, in the couple times that I've had her on shows, and I knew she was going to be an awesome interview, which she totally is. Please make sure everybody that you are liking or subscribing or following or all that good stuff, wherever you're watching and listening to this podcast, we try to release every Monday at noon with a new guest. And I'm thrilled now that I have my Elena Banfield episode um, that I could put out into the world because she's a great comedian and a really enjoyable person. So that's the other nice part about this podcast is like, even if I've had slightly limited interactions with people, if those interactions were positive, like, let me reach out to those people. 
because in this format, not to do this, but like I, that's me patting myself on the back for the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think these are. This is a good questionnaire, and every single time I run a new comedian through it, I learn something. Um, because I I'm just really enjoying talking to my comedian friends. So everybody who is watching or listening to this again, thank you, Elena. And thank you everybody for your time and your attention. Make sure please that you're following and supporting both of us. And thanks so much. We will see you on the next great episode with another interesting, insightful comedian. This has been another episode of the 96 person bringer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoops. This was Elena Bamfield. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.